0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. Joined today by our guest, Pastor Curtis Dieterding, pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida, to discuss 2 Samuel chapter 14 now. Chapter 13, we just looked over yesterday. Difficult chapter, just seeing the effects of David's sin on his whole family. And here in this chapter, David is still dealing with the fact that he has one son now, well, two sons now, who have died, um, and one who has been sent into exile. And so he tries to do something about that, and there's uh, some more uh, trickery and disguise and things like that. So interesting how these sorts of uh, things seem to happen again and again in First and Second Samuel. Uh Yes, but what do you think, brother? It's uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, I don't know. One of these little episodes, right? The kind of an interesting, curious oh. story.
1: Absolutely, the web we weave, right? <laughs> it's like this yeah. is so intertwined. It's it's amazing. Just all the different, all the different characters that are at work. Um, you know, trying to, like you said. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's there's some manipulation trying that, that's going to be going on here. There's um, there's <laughs> It's just where does the law actually come into play, and at what point um, do we see the need for God's judgment upon this entire situation? Because it it is a mess. It it really is, and it's interesting to watch um, how this this story uh, is woven with you know Absalom and uh, with uh, the other characters as well, Tekoa, Um and. Also, you know, with David himself as king and Joab, and it just it's just amazing uh, how how we got to this point. Yeah, I, I I had to read, of course, I had to go back and read myself uh, just to get caught up somewhat with where you are in this whole story. And mm-hmm. uh, I do recall a lot of what I read, but there were some surprises again. You know, you go back to these stories that you don't read <laughs> right. all the time. And it's like wow, wow! <laughs> I didn't realize that one before. Uh, I'm sure I read it before; it just didn't stick. And now it's, you're going—that's amazing. <laughs> so
0: I know, do do I, the... I, I, I know. I feel like I have that experience all the time. You know, you just, you just kind of like, hang on a second. Was that in the Bible? The last time I read it, you know, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, there's just a lot of things like that that are just really surprising, or you maybe you just don't even know what to do with it the first time you read it, and so like you were saying, it kind of doesn't it doesn't really stick because we're just kind of like scratching our heads but um and and, and each time you look over it there's kind of like more i think that you see that you you just uh you kind of like hang on a second right i mean just uh the whole thing about Mm here uh about david dressing up in disguise to to go elsewhere and now hang on a second what other king in first and second samuel dressed up in a disguise Oh wait, Saul! <laughs> you, uh, you know, I mean, like it's—I uh, mm-hmm. don't know. I mean, this just, is just weird stuff, right?
1: Right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, there's just, like I said, there's so much going on. I mean, you, you, you can dissect this, be on this for a month—not without, oh. without any problem, <laughs> just the one chapter. It's just—it's re- <laughs> right. ridiculous how much stuff is in here. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, so we got a lot, I think, to to chew on and to dive into. But uh, as we do so, brother, would you offer for us a prayer?
1: Oh, gracious Lord, as we go through uh, the stories of your people of, of old and uh, as we listen to what uh, transpired in all the lives of these folks, we, we still know that this story is our story, too, and that we still are uh, getting caught up in temptation and lies and sin and, and deceit and, and, and just not knowing where to turn. We pray that you would uh, give us an example in King David as he stays uh, connected to you. And uh, even in his example of times he hasn't, and and that we might learn from that, that we might too know that you're still a loving and a forgiving God, uh, that you still care for us. And we can see that by just looking at the the offspring of David uh, that that one who came as Savior, Jesus Christ. May we continue to see uh, God's hand at work in our lives, in the lives of his people of old, in our lives today, always focusing and centering in on the central figure of all of the Scripture, Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask for your blessing. We ask that you would continue to help us to continue to grow in the grace that is ours in your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. uh thank you brother and i think that in a lot of ways uh, yeah we can we can relate to this and i I think particularly too for me um i've been finding that um well really just uh for several books now i feel like the uh the the theme of disguise the theme of um yeah something about that, that that it's uh it's a potent mm-hmm. one and i think it ends up kind of relating back to god in a lot of ways too um just how we just fail to recognize god or to use luther's term right having just re- mm-hmm. uh, celebrated reformation just recently you know like god has masks right um mm-hmm. it, it's it's a ve- it's a very potent metaphor and a christological one too so i mean it's uh yeah there's a, there's just a lot of angles and i think there's some good stuff for us today absolutely absolutely um let's see anything you want to mention about um uh just figures in the chapter or anything else maybe that we should uh perhaps like from the earlier context uh even like uh the first part of this book or in in first time anything that might kind of prepare us to hear the chapter read aloud
1: yeah i think i think uh the, an interesting figure that's going to stand out in this is Ticoa, and I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but that's how I pronounce it. Tekoa. Seems um, good to me. This woman, this woman that uh, you know, is uh, sent by Joab uh, to come and talk with King David, and this is the this is really the central uh, focus of this particular chapter and where it's heading in what what the message is that he wants her to bring. He, there's a setup going on here, trying to set up a situation to hopefully, hopefully um, maybe uh, find some kind of restoration in the relationship between Absalom and and King David.
0: Uh, yeah, and so I just think that overall that, that idea of, you know, uh, you know, Dave, David has uh, now— you know, had two sons die between the, the, the first, uh, the, the baby that was born to Bathsheba, uh, and now right. this son here, who, um, you know, Amnon, who's been killed by his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of brothers kill their brothers, right, in the Old Testament. And, and, and you can go back to the very beginning with Genesis for that. And it's interesting, though, that the king, still, like you were saying, wants that relationship and is willing to go to great lengths to, to seek him. Uh, despite what he did, that's—well, uh, I won't say anything more than that for right now. But right. let's go ahead and uh, read through the chapter here. So this is Second Samuel chapter 14 in the English Standard Version. Now, Joab, the son of Zariah, knew that the king's heart went out to Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, "'Pretend to be a mourner, and put on mourning garments.' Do not anoint yourself with oil, but behave like a woman who has been mourning many days for the dead. Go to the king and speak thus to him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman of Tekoa came to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and paid homage and said, Save me, O king. And the king said to her, What's your trouble? She answered, Alas, I'm a widow. My husband is dead. And your servant had two sons and they quarreled with one another in the field. There was no one to separate them, and one struck the other and killed him. And now the whole clan is risen against your servant. And they say, Give up the man who struck his brother, and we will put him to death for the life of his brother whom he killed. And so they would destroy the heir also. Thus they would quench my coal that's left, and leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the face of the earth. And the king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I will give orders concerning you. And the woman of Tekoa said to the king, On me be the guilt, my lord the king, and on my father's house. Let the king and his throne be guiltless, the king said. If anyone says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall never touch you again. Then she said, Please let the king invoke the lord your god, that the avenger of blood kill no more, and my son be not destroyed. He said, As the lord lives, Not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please let your servant speak a word to my lord the king. He said, Speak. And the woman said, Why then have you planned such a thing against the people of God? For in giving this decision, the king convicts himself. Inasmuch as the king does not bring his banished one home again, we must all die. We are like water spilled on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. But God will not take away life, and He devises means so that the banished one will not remain an outcast. Now, I have come to say this to my Lord the King, because the people have made me afraid. And your servant thought, I will speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his servant, for the king will hear and deliver his servant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together from the heritage of God. And your servant thought, the word of my lord the king will set me at rest for my lord the king is like the angel of god to discern good and evil and the lord your god be with you then the king answered the woman do not hide from me anything i ask you and the woman said let my lord the king speak the king said is the hand of joab with you in all this the woman answered and said as surely as you live my lord the king One cannot turn to the right hand or to the left from anything my lord the king has said. It was your servant Joab who commanded me. It was he who put all these words in the mouth of your servant. In order to change the course of things, your servant Joab did this. But my lord has wisdom, like the wisdom of the angel of God, to know all things that are on the earth. And the king said to Joab, Behold, now I grant this. Go, bring back the young man Absalom. And Joab fell on his face to the ground and paid homage and blessed the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord the king, and that the king has granted the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Gesher and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him dwell apart in his own house. He is not to come into my presence. So Absalom lived apart in his own house and did not come into the king's presence. Now in all Israel, there was no one so much to be praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. And when he cut the hair of his head, for at the end of every year he used to cut it, when it was heavy on him, he cut it. He weighed the hair of his head 200 shekels by the king's weight. There were born to Absalom three sons and one daughter, whose name was Tamar. She was a beautiful woman. So Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem without coming into the king's presence. Then Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but Joab would not come to him. And he sent a second time, Joab would not come. Then he said to his servants, See, Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and went to Absalom at his house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent word to you, Come here, that I may send you to the king to ask, why have I come from Gesher? It would be better for me to be there still. Now therefore, let me go into the presence of the king, and if there is guilt in me, let him put me to death. Then Joab went to the king and told him, and he summoned Absalom. So he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Well, oh, such a fascinating chapter. Um, and and I just love it, too, these these dialogue story chapters, right? Like the the back and the forth, and there's a lot of drama, right? Like one person doesn't know stuff, and everyone else does, and like at what point do they figure this stuff out? And uh, you, you, you can't help but even just kind of like inflect it when uh, <laughs> David's listening to this woman, he's like, hang on a second. Did Joab yeah. tell you to say you know it's like so, i think we've, we've all— we've
1: put, yes, <laughs> right. put you up to this and i think I you know it's it like
0: it. i think yeah it's like what we we all we all have these moments right where it's like hang on did mom tell you to mm-hmm. say that you know it's like you know, it's like yeah. hey we've all been there right um so i mean that, that's uh and it's just very telling then of these relationships of david's relationship with absalom of david's relationship with joab of joab's relationship with Absalom. Um, you get the fact that Absalom apparently named one of his daughters Tamar, which speaks yeah, to the relationship he Tam. had with, with his sister. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. th- th- there's so many relationships here, and that's what makes the story really interesting.
1: All right. Yeah, I, you know, y- you kind of think that, too, as you're listening to this, at least I do, you know, that Joab is setting up Tekoa to go and, and uh, you know, put his words in her mouth so that she would share what He's asked her to share now with the King, and it's interesting too because I think too you can see how those words that Joab is sharing through Tekoa to David um, is giving is starting to have him have a change of heart uh, in a sense about Absalom. At least that's what that's what the appearance gives. You know, since um, he welcomes Absalom to at least come back and live. You know, in in the area there where he lives, but it's it's just kind of a reminder too that um, you know that God has done this before, only in a, in a very different way with King David. You know, trying to uh, when when the prophet Nathan was talking with him, you know, to try and help him to see how um, how things were. You know, because David really just didn't uh, see the full picture, and I think that's what's happening here you know, that, that these words have had some power to help him see a bigger picture about his relationship uh, with yeah. Absalom. Even though it didn't go all the way to a forgiveness state, you know, a state of forgiveness, um, it, it was at least enough to uh, recognize that, yeah, he's my son too, um, but he was still in mourning over, of course, his yeah. other son.
0: Well, yeah, no, and I get what you're saying, um you know, like not quite to to forgiveness in the in the sense of like uh, full and total reconciliation, right? I mean, like that's right, exactly. Um, Right. I mean, we, we don't see that, and of course, as you're just reading through the chapter and you and you look at to the end of 14 in your English standard version at the bottom, you see the next uh, the next heading, you know, Absalom's conspiracy. So so you know that like things aren't rosy, right? Like it's not like the relationship exactly. is all patched up like new again. Uh, however, you know, just the just the fact that Absalom gets to go into David's presence, right, and David's mm-hmm. not going to kill him, right? But rather, he kisses him i mean that that is um at least to an extent forgiveness right i mean that that uh at least that amount of his rightful sentence you know for for murder mm-hmm. would be uh would would mm-hmm. be commuted here right i mean so it's um it's like seeing through a mirror dimly right
1: right yeah i mean you you, you see that there's some grace being offered you know but um you yeah, know there's not a complete um Rested, you know re, um what do you call it restoration between yeah. uh, David yeah. and Absalom so yeah another, well I mean, well, another another fascinating part too comes yeah. near the end with uh, Joab but if you want to go back to the beginning and start there we can do that but uh, yeah i uh, know the yeah. relationship between Absalom and Joab there at the end it, <laughs> it is <laughs> well <laughs> okay.
0: yeah no i i think yeah i want to i want to get into that i'm kind of curious about that too um but yeah let's go back to the beginning. Um the only other thing I was going to say was I really liked your point about how this uh, the story is this feels a lot like what happens when Nathan right in chapter 12 went mm-hmm. to David with a with a story and um what what's here interesting is it's not just a story here but like the the woman from Tekoa she uh dresses up as like as like the figure <laughs> in the story, right? right? So there's the, there's right. this disguise, and I think I, I liked what you said because I, I mean to kind of paraphrase what you were saying, the the disguise helps David to see, right? Which yeah. is a paradox, right? Like like a disguise yeah. is, is meant to uh, hamper you, hinder you from seeing, right? It, it, so that you would mm-hmm. not see the identity of the of the person, right? Um, but because he doesn't see that it's a, a wise woman, is what it says, right? So this kind of brings right. us back then to verses 1 and 2. He, he, he sends to Tekoa, which is this uh, little, if I recall correctly, it's like a little village in Ephraim. Uh, I mean, that was back in Joshua towards the end there. Uh, but it, it actually it might, it might be in Judah, and you're Bethlehem. I think there were actually a couple Tekoa's, but in any case, he sends to Tekoa, and there's, there's a wise woman, right? And so if he had known it was a wise woman, he'd be like, ah, you know, this is somebody who's trying to persuade me of something, right? Like, oh no, I'm gonna be on my guard, you know, what she's selling, right? right? Uh, right. But because of the disguise, which, which hinders him from seeing, it helps him to see the truth of what she's saying. I, I mean, and, and that, I think, is just a super potent uh, paradox.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I I believe I was calling her Toccoa, but yeah, she's actually from Toccoa. You know, kind of like Mary is from Magdalene. You know, it's just, oh you know. right. Well, well,
0: I so, mean, maybe that's maybe that's what they call her. Maybe they call her Mary uh, Tacoan or something. <laughs> I don't know what the. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like ah, oh, you know, the wise woman from Toccoa. Maybe that maybe they didn't even call her anything else. The wise woman from Toccoa. You know. All oh, right. <laughs> It's like yeah. it's like the witch of Endor, right? Like ah, uh, of course, the witch of Endor. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so th- that is that is uh, interesting that Joab um, hatches this plan, right? So maybe maybe speak to that just a little bit here before the break here, right? So like in verse one, it says that he he knows that the king's heart went out to Absalom, right? Which is which is uh, you know, it's this interesting um, construction in Hebrew, but uh, the the idea that you know like he he's. Like, like he feels the, the 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 absence, right? I mean, like he he knows that what he did was wrong, and he should punish him for it. And maybe he's even angry about it too. But it, it's not like he has, you know, cut him out of his heart and his son is dead to him. No, he he knows better than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. I mean, he's he's found himself between a rock and a hard place. I mean, that's that's pretty much where we're at with that. You know, he knows that he he should punish Absalom for what's what's been done, and that uh, the situation you know demands justice. But but yet he you can tell that there there must be some love there and some desire for him to want to be reunited. And evidently uh, Joab definitely recognizes that as well, because the, the the king's heart still went out to Absalom. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and interesting too, right? That. Um... He knows that's what's going on, and so he says, okay, rather than me tell him, I'm going to get this wise woman from Takoa." right? So, like, what, what's he thinking there? Why, why does he go there?
1: That's a good question. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I really don't know.
0: I mean, the the text doesn't give us like a whole lot. I don't know if Tokoa yeah. has been mentioned uh many times or in fact at all in uh in first and second Samuel. Um I I think that it's kind of uh I, I think that the most we can really say is kind of going back to that that big arc, right? Where mm-hmm. we know that Joab is somebody who is kind of constantly trying to persuade David of things. <laughs> right i mean that's that's kind of his job i mean he's a, I mean he's his lead general but i mean what that what this kind of uh and just kind of basic effect means is he's kind of the, the chief advisor all right and and so david's used to joab always trying to you know turn him this way or get him to do that i mean we, we saw that this in previous chapters where um you know he was like okay david you better come out here and get on the battlefield right <laughs> before they go and name the city after me dude come on Uh, or, you know, before that, um, earlier in the book, you know, trying to persuade him to uh, execute Abner, not to believe him, right? And then going ahead Mm -hmm. and just doing it anyway, right? So so Joab is always trying to convince David of things, and you would suspect that David at this point has gotten—even though he probably loves Joab and respects him immensely, right? He's probably like, okay, Joab, like, you know l- 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 pick your battles, buddy like <laughs> I'm not gonna like just give it give give it to you on your way like every single time and and so i I think the the most that you can really kind of say, which I, I think serves the purposes here, is that he goes and he gets this random you know wise woman from this little village that you know he's ne- that David's never been to that he wouldn't recognize right, and he's like okay look right. i'm I'm just gonna give him somebody that." he doesn't know, that he's not suspicious of, that he's not going to be on his guard for. In fact, I'm going to put someone in front of him who his heart is going to just melt for, and he's going to be sympathetic to her words instead of being on guard like he would be with mine. So I, I want to get your thought after the break here, but we have a short break. Everybody looking at Second Samuel 14 on The Strong Word. We'll be right back.
1: Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll discuss the symbols we see in church, Pastor Sean Denzer, Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, will be our guest, and we'll get Dr. Christopher Kayser's reaction to Nicholas Kristof's recent pro-abortion column in the New York Times. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO.
0: To be weighed in the balance and found wanting. The handwriting on the wall, you've probably heard those common phrases, but do you know where they come from and how they apply to you and me? Dr. Michael Ziegler takes us rock climbing and to an ill-fated feast with humble pie on the menu this week
1: on the Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO.
0: In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Trinity Lutheran Church at 8 a.m. and our Savior Lutheran Church at 1030, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 930. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, looking at 2 Samuel, Chapter 14, joined by our guest, Pastor Curtis Dieterding, pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. If you've got a question for me, or Pastor Dieterding, and you're listening live, join the conversation, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314 821 0850 you can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or you can hop on the live stream facebook.com slash aj espinosa just put your questions right there in the box um yeah a, cu- a couple of uh, just uh questions really uh, good questions getting again just at these different dynamics of the uh the relationships um, but starting maybe with this one from Facebook, so why does David make a judgment without hearing the other side in this story case? So, I mean, that just gets to what I was saying right before the break and what I wanted to ask Pastor Dieterding about here. Uh, before I do, I don't want to neglect to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, org. Check out their work and the news updates there on their website. Thank you guys for supporting thy strong word. So, right, so, so Joab knows... That he is not the uh, even if he's really, really a really persuasive guy and like I, I feel this relationship uh, th- this is actually what happens to me and my sisters all the time right like uh, <laughs> like I'll, I'll start trying to persuade them of something and, and this is absolutely mm-hmm. what happens they, they they they're like well gee AJ that makes a lot of sense but. See, I'm not so sure, and what they're thinking to themselves is, okay, but this is AJ saying this, like he's probably uh-huh. like, you know, like, like tricking me into this here, like he's just, you know, talking his 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 logic and his rhetoric, and he makes sense right now, but I don't know, I and mean, because they've been listening to me talk too much their whole lifetime, right? So, I mean, I, I think sure. that's the dyna- <laughs> That's the dynamic here. He's like, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna get a poor old widow to tell him this literally the most like sympathizable person in the world right um I, I mean I, I mean right I mean I don't know what, what do you make of the movie
1: I I, well I think that's a I think that's an excellent illustration you just gave I mean how many times do we do that in our lives where we know that if we go and we try and tell somebody something and convince them of something that would bless their life and we know yeah. that they're not going to really listen to us I mean how many times do we do that really in our lives where we think You know, maybe I could get so and so to go and talk to mom, or to talk to dad, or to (laughs) to talk to a friend of mine. You know, have another friend talk to a friend because they're not going to listen to me. All they're going to do is they're going to just get upset with me, angry with me, going to stay hardened toward me, and not believe half of what I'm saying because they've been hurt that deeply. And David's been hurt. David's been hurt bad. His his mourning is getting in the way, really, of having any kind of uh, a conversation that would even lead to, to understanding. Uh, what, the, what the entire truth is of
0: this situation. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that's right. I mean, he's in an emotional state, and he's going to make an emotional decision yeah. here, and his heart is going to go out to the poor widow. I, I mean, like, because, I mean, mm-hmm. I think there is something to that. You know, you talk about David being man after God's heart. I mean, like, what does God say? And again and again, right, throughout, uh, especially the books of Moses, right? You know, you care for the widow and the orphan. You know, a sentiment that's echoed throughout the Scriptures up to, uh, you know, I'm like thinking of, uh, the epistle of James, right? The widow and the orphan. Mm-hmm. So, so David's gonna, that, that's why I didn't listen to the rest of the story. It's like, I, I don't need to hear the rest of the story. No one should be hurting this poor widow. Um, and, and I think that's, uh, that's kind of the brilliance on, on Joab's part. And what's funny, right? I mean, like, and we, and we can get down to this too, which is just kind of amazing. So like at some point he, he, he puts two and two together cause the guy is smart. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, hang on a second here. Like this is kind of you know, it's that moment where you're like, This is too perfect. <laughs> right. I mean like mm-hmm. this is such an open and shut case. Right. Joab. You know, like he's just like uh, he he know he knows what's up. Uh so where where is that moment there? Uh when he when he when he uh, he asks her where is it? Um oh yeah, so verse nineteen, right? is the head of yep. Joab with you and all this? And you know, the woman says, like, you know, there's no fool in you, right? Like, yeah. one cannot turn to the right hand or the left anything from my lord, the king, right? And so he figures it out, but he still doesn't— it doesn't change his mind. Like, he still goes along with Joab's plan, even when he figures out he's fallen for Joab's plan. That is is kind of amazing, right?
1: Right. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, because there's twice where she— um, she builds him up. She makes it, she she uh, points out his wisdom, you know, as a king, and that he's going to follow uh, what God's will is in all this, as though mm-hmm. he hasn't really given that much thought, you know. So, I mean, verse seventeen, you know. You know, for my Lord the King is like an angel of God to discern good and evil. The Lord your God be with you. And then later on in verse twenty, but my Lord has wisdom like the wisdom of an angel of God to know all things that are on earth. So she is. We call that buttering up, (laughs) and uh, she is. She is actually, uh, I think, helping him to try to see just exactly what we were talking about before. You know, you think disguises keep us from seeing. Well, these words. Uh, where he's probably starting to see uh, our words where she's trying to connect uh, his responsibility to the Lord, too.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's, that's really good. And um, yes, I think from our perspective, that's exactly what we would say, right? Oh, you know, she's just buttering him up. She's, you know, just you know, flattery, right? Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think that for her part, uh, she absolutely should be saying this, right? Because, well, I, I mean, when you're in that situation where you're talking to the Lord's anointed one, like, you show some respect, right? You don't just be like, oh, you know, you're a fairly intelligent chap, you know, like, no, she should use a little bit more respect in her tone. Um, And when she says angel, right, I think uh, that's the thing that maybe we overlook because, again, we've seen this before, uh, when people say angel, they don't mean like, "Oh, sweetie, you're just beautiful," right? Like she, like you know, if, <laughs> if an elderly woman comes up to you and says, "Oh, you angel," right? It's not like that, right? Like when, when she says angel, she's using the Hebrew word. Um, well, I mean, this is this That's is in interesting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly right, right? Like she's using with the, the, the right. word, um, you know, Mal uh, Malak or
1: uh, Malachi. Malachi. So I know it's all part of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah well yeah I know which, uh, which 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 okay. sounds a, an awful lot like the word melik king right and, and and I and I think that's kind of part of the point right it's like the king is actually supposed to be a messenger of god the king is supposed mm-hmm. to represent god's will and to speak uh the the will of god so she's she's reminding him actually um of his very job which uh which is very appropriate but then to to your point again isn't it fascinating too how angels very often in Scripture are disguised, and that's part of the reason why they're effective messengers.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, I I, I hadn't seen seen it that deeply in those in those verses. Yeah, I get that. Yes, very good.
0: Yeah, and so it's uh so so it's fascinating then that you have this moment that is a lot like you were saying the moment with Nathan. Where even after he learns that, you know, hey, Nathan was just telling me a story, right, to, like, show me that done wrong. Mm-hmm, or here, where right, he's like, right. okay, yeah, Joab just put this woman up to this, right, to get, get, her, get, him, um, get her to change my mind, right? Even after he right. realizes that, it, he doesn't say, like, oh, well, therefore, I'm not going to listen, right? Like, he says, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter if you know they, they, they kind of, like, you know, use this persuasive technique or whatever, right? Because it's still true right? I mean, like, and so I, mm-hmm. I think that's the the big thing here. And I, I, w- I wonder about that. You know, I think that I, f- I feel like these days we're just, we're, we're on such, I, d- I don't know, like, people have been talking about lately with the polarization and the division in the country. We're just so suspicious of them that like anything they say, it's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it makes sense, right? or I, or, or you could find out something, right? And then once you realize that it came from them, you're like, oh, well, no, it must be false, must must not be true, right? I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of, uh you know, acrimony that we have right now. But, I mean, it's a problem because, I mean, hey, even a stopped clock tells the right time twice a day. I mean, like, if what they say is true, <laughs> you got to recognize the truth, right?
1: Yep, very good, yep. Yeah, that's, those, are, those are great points, yeah, and in, in just, you know, trying to connect it to where we are today. Uh, I think you're making some some very valid points here. Yep. Well, um, so I, what do you? I, I do well, like I do like how the king kind of gets there to that point when he when he finally turns to Joab and, and speaks. You know, he goes, "Behold, now I grant this. All right, go back and bring the young man Absalom back." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. How I feel in those words, it's almost like, oh my, because he's not going you know i need to be restored to him i like, I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to embrace him again i you don't see any of that it's like all right if it's that big a deal i guess bring him back <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah right i I, th- I think i think you're spot on he's like okay yes you're right fine <laughs> yeah, you know and uh you know, and I guess we've been there too, right? But I mean, like that's—I mean, God is blessing us when we when we have those moments, right? When mm-hmm. when we say, "Okay, yes, I have been, I have been stubborn. I have been, you know, like yeah, yeah, no, I haven't been reasonable. You're right." I was just being emotional and not wanting to acknowledge that you were right. I mean, I mean that—that that is, this is another moment of repentance, right? And um, it, it's kind of done in the context of this friendly relationship that he has with Joab. But I mean, what mm-hmm. what a blessing it is, right? It's like what Christ talks about, right? That like, uh, if you persuade your brother, you've gained your brother, right? right?
1: Right, and of course, you know, he's he's doing all he can, and it's interesting because both. Um, their spiritual relationship with one another. I'm talking about between Absalom and David. I mean'm I'm, I'm kind of thinking through this and and uh, their spiritual distance that that has been created is also in geographical distance. You can see that the plan, of course that we know of uh, of Joab is to get Absalom and David back together to be restored. And then you you see, well, if I can at least get him in the area, you know, we're getting a step closer. But spiritually, I think that's what's happening too with David's heart here.
0: Well, and I think that you just brought up something really big, which is okay. So, so maybe the reason why he goes and, and finds this wise woman and gets her in disguise, right, is, is to make the case because he knows he's not going to listen to Joab. He's going to be like Joab. Okay, not right now. <laughs> right okay but why is joab really doing this right i I mean he know he knows again like you know that his that in his heart he hasn't written uh absalom off okay but but still why is he intervening right i mean because he's taking a risk right i mean couldn't david have blown up and said joab you've been you've this is you've meddled one too many times man like i know you're you're trying to help and you think you know what's best but i'm the king and you're not getting this straight, and I, I can't have you in my administration just constantly trying to, you know, maneuver around me like this. I mean, it could have blown up and backfired, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think I think your your point about like, okay, so why does why does he want restoration? Why does he want to repair this relationship? I I think this is really this is big, and I think it has to do with um, what we're going to read in the next chapter. Um, right. Well, 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 let's go ahead. Go, I mean, go ahead.
1: I was going to say what I'm, what I'm kind of meditating about. And I'm hoping I'm not ju- jumping ahead too quickly here. But no, no, go uh, ahead. again, I get back. I get back to this. You can see in the uh, distancing physically, and and the, and the keeping of that physical distance, you you see a reflection of what's spiritually in the heart. In other words, like you get to verse 24, and the king and the king said, right. Let him dwell apart in his own house, and he's not to come into my presence. Yeah. That's really where we are too when we have angered our, our God and when we have sinned. Um, we are a- apart from him, apart from his presence, and he's angry. He's angry with us uh, with our sin. It keeps us apart from him. Uh, there needs to be restoration, and that's our desire, to want to be in the presence of God. And Absalom. Grows in that desire to be closer to the king because he wants Joab to at least give him a, a viewing to be able to have uh, to be in, be able to be in his presence. And what's kind of interesting is, I mean, the bigger picture is us. You know that we want to be in the presence of a God and a Lord whose law and judgment against us distances us from Him, um, even even in the sense of of our entire being. You know, physically and and uh, emotionally and um, spiritually. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting how that is, when you look at just where they stand in the physical sense yep. with one another, and what Absalom, I think, is also describing what's in his heart, that he wants to at least have a, 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 a hearing in the presence of his great king, you know? So, um and that's just really interesting to me. I, I don't know no. if there's a more of a connection there or not. but
0: I, I think I think that's spot on. I, I think that's exactly where we're going. And I and I think one of the things that that made my mind go there when we were reading is what the woman, the wise woman, says to him. Um, I mean, so what, what does she say in, in verse twenty? Uh, but my lord has wisdom like the wisdom Mm -hmm. of the angel of God to know all things that are on the earth. Uh, That's not the first time in the last couple chapters that we've seen the word wisdom. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so we'll get there in a second here. Um, But let us see, there was one other thing that she said uh, to him, and that was earlier, there you go, in chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 14, verse 17, uh, like the angel of God to discern good and evil, Right? Um, and mm-hmm. I think both of those are are little word hooks uh, to Genesis, right? To, like, Genesis uh, chapter 3, that you have this really wise serpent, right? And he's talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Like, wisdom. Uh, we saw that in the previous chapter, how Jonadab is there, said to be very crafty, very wise, ready to, to stir the pot. Like, I, I do think this is, um, in some ways— the kind of like the other side of that story that in, in the previous story it was uh it was like another fall really um and this is kind of like uh dealing with a consequence like you were saying that when we anger god when we when adam and eve angered god right what's he say get out of the garden right you have to you have to leave my presence um you know what's he tell jacob right you, you can't look at me or you're going to die what's he tell moses right you can't look at me or you're going to die Um, you know, what's he say to Moses when the people uh, commit idolatry there um, at Sinai? I can't get near these people, or else I'm just going to destroy them, right? I mean, like, there it is, like, kind of again and again and again, like you're saying, the distance that happens because of our sin, the distance that's put there between us and God, and so Joah is acting as a mediator.
1: Right, exactly. And I mean, it, it, and and just even the again, there's this physical distancing uh, when Absalom is asking for Joab to send him to the king. And what does mm-hmm. Joab do? He distances himself. He doesn't. He doesn't come to Absalom. He does not. He just ignores him until he set his field on fire. <laughs> you know, that, that turned everything around, but.
0: Okay okay got and we've, we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to talk about that okay because this, this is this is amazing yeah. okay so so Joab's the mediator, right Joab's the mediator right. uh, Absalom's the supplicant supplicant is asking the mediator again and again and again, hey like I, I, let, let me come before the king hey do something for me hey, put a word in for me he's ignoring him right mm-hmm. and so then what's he do? I'm going to set the mediator's field on fire. That'll get his attention. And then, I mean, but think about this. There's, there's, this is, this is uh, just kind of letting the cat out of the bag here. It's, it's the audacity of faith, right? Because I mean, this is the Mm -hmm. thing, right? Like he does not set his field on fire because he's like, Oh, that Joab, I'm just forget him. Set his field on fire. I mean, what, what I'm thinking is going on here is he starts a little fire. He probably start like does the fire in such a way that he knows it's not going to burn the whole crop down. Right, he's not doing this like Southern California. Mm-hmm. He like you know does it in a corner, like he you know he puts like some clearing around it or some rocks or something, just enough to like kind of cause a panic and get his attention, right? Because he knows that when he gets Joab's attention, even after <laughs> pulling this prank on him, Joab's mm-hmm. gonna listen to him, right? Which you think in the New Testament of the of the bold people who are like, you know what? Yeah, this is this is pretty audacious. This is this is pretty bold. What I'm about to do, but you know what? I'm going to do it because I know he's going to listen when I get his attention.
1: Right. All right. Well, I even mean, know, Grab I'm, knows this needs to get done. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess the question the question is why is he ignoring him in the first place?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, so so you think what? about the. Uh, I'm thinking about the story of the uh, was it was it the uh, the Syrophoenician woman right who is like chasing after Jesus mm, and, and mm-hmm. saying you know like you know like, like Lord have mercy mm-hmm. you know and, and all this and and he's just not saying anything to her right all right and then and, right. and then she finally gets his attention because uh, persistence right you know and he's like hey it I, I'm I'm so he says why he's not listening to right hey I was sent. To the lost sheep of Israel, like not you guys, right? Like it would not be right mm-hmm. for me to be doing all this stuff here and like Syro-Phoenicia and every other place, right? Um, and then the people of Israel don't get uh, their inheritance from God, right? What God has promised them, that wouldn't be right. Um, and, and then she makes that this this bold. Uh, you know, charge right, and and she knows. Like, hey, if I do this, like the woman who like grabs his robe right with the discharge of blood. Um, if I if I do this, he's gonna listen, right? Um, and then he rewards her faith. So I, I I think there in that sense, Joab knows that there would be something improper about him going, um, about him going to Absalom and just so directly making this happen, like the way that the Lord Jesus makes it clear that it would have been improper. Oh no! I mean, what do you think? Is that is that a good analogy? Like, what, what, where does your mind go here?
1: No. Well, I, as I'm looking at the very closing of this, you know, because and I'm not and I'm not 100 sure why Joab was doing that, other than maybe trying to get a confession out of him, because we see a kind of a confession absolution kind of moment here when um, Joab is, is is finally saying to, to Absalom, look, you know. I sent word to you, come here that I may send you back to the king to ask why have I come from uh, Gesher. And then it says, it would be better for me to just be there still. Now, therefore, let me go into the presence of the king. And if there is guilt in me, let him put me to death. And it's like, you know, what do we deserve? We deserve temporal and eternal punishment, you know, for our sin. And he's feeling all that. He's feeling it 100%. But what he what what happens here at the very close of this whole chapter is that instead of getting what he deserves, um, the king actually kisses him, and he has been touched by at least grace in that moment, uh, as as kind of an act of moving toward restoration. Because I, I, I we know that as we read ahead, mm-hmm. that. Um, that as we read ahead, that we have uh, some other problems, yeah, that, that hasn't been fully restored.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's right. And so I, I think this is the thing, really, then, that like, um, gets this whole thing into perspective and connects all the dots. Joab sees the writing on the wall. If there is no restoration between Absalom and David, David's whole uh, kingdom is going to be in jeopardy. Job gets it, right? I mean, this is one thing that Job has demonstrated again and again. He understands the politics of power. He understands the dynamics. He understands the risks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking out for his king, and he knows that his king, right, and therefore, um, you know, his job in life, because he's, you know, the king's number one, right, um, are all in pretty serious danger if the next in line to the throne is hanging out in <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. like you know with all these like bad feelings between the two I mean th- he he knows this is gonna be bad uh, and we talked about this a little yeah. bit um, last time about this you know like why do you go to Geyser like right? well I and mean, that's uh you know that's grandpa's house right and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that's that's where uh, you can you know get some sympathy there but I mean th- just think about that right like you know David, you know, when he was uh, in exile from Saul, what, what's he doing, right? He's hanging out in Moab and Geishur and in the, in the southern wilderness, right? He's going to all these other places, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then when uh, when, when Ishbal, uh, gets gets installed, right? Like, well, David's in like kind of a good position because like. He's sort of been all over the place, you know, having having a, you know David rallies like you know just left and right, and, and like he has a he has a lot of popular support, and it's like this is not what we want Absalom to be doing, David. We've we've got to get the guy back in Israel, stop him from like campaigning with Geisha. <laughs> this could be a problem. Yeah. Um, and so I I think he I think he gets it, and um, and and so I think there then you have the moment where. Yeah, you have then, you know, this uh, this reconciliation, like, or at least what looks like it's going to be a move here, where, where David, you know, gives him this kiss, uh, like, signaling, you know, peace and, uh, you know, no hostilities between them. But the sad thing is, I mean, I mean, it's—well, I mean, this happened to the Lord Jesus, right? He kissed his disciples um, in greeting, mm-hmm. and then one, one day boy, one of his yeah. disciples came around and kissed him, but did that to betray him, not to signal peace.
1: Right, I mean, this looks like it's a happily ever after ending, and it's and it's not we know this it's not uh because again of the uh, characters involved, and you know what you 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 talked about earlier on about uh disguise you know masking, and uh they're still doing that with their hearts, they're not being completely transparent with each other yet obviously they just they just kind of reconnected, and uh, i think you're I think you're right, I think that's more of a political move. That David is making there than anything else. You know, he doesn't want to have, uh, you know, this uprising of an angry son away from the the, the, uh, the center of the kingdom there. And uh, I think there's a lot lot to be said to what you were talking about
0: there. Yeah. So um, just really quick, then some of the questions that came in over email were basically along the lines of like, was Absalom's, is what Absalom did justified? Um, particularly, that is to say, killing Amnon for raping Tamar, and just I mean, I mean, and for the whole the whole thing, everything about the way he conducted himself, right? Was that justified? Yeah. And therefore, was David in the wrong for like not doing anything about it or with the way he handled the situation? Um, is David in the wrong for having uh, Absalom be be far away, right? So, it's right. a, 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 a good question. It's a it's a challenging question. I I would briefly say that I, I don't think it means that what he did is justified. I, I think that it's one of those things where it's like, because David messed up, he put Absalom in a situation where, I mean, he was also going to sin for very sympathizable reasons. But I think that like the big thing overall, right, we see this picture of, again, there's a mediator who says, hey, there's there's going to be problems. And so the mediator uses disguise to try to repair the relationship. And, and I think that is a beautiful Christ moment where, Jesus, he comes in disguise, you might say, as like a, you know, a simple carpenter, but he does that because he knows there's going to be problems, uh, in this case for us, like you were saying. Uh, uh, what, what do you think, just in, in closing well, I, here?
1: I, yeah, well, I think, I think you know, um, where does Absalom have the right to be the judge of Amnon, right. you know, and to actually right. carry out uh, a punishment on top of it? Um, there, there. That really belonged to the king. It really belonged yeah. to those that were, would be uh, the keepers of the law that would make that determination, not the brother. As bad as the, what he did to his sister, it, you know, right. it's still, it's still, it's all sin. And the question also becomes, you know, at what point is there forgiveness, or or can there be even in a situation like that? Because it's, it's far from it. He just, he's very angry. He went after him. And that's what sin does. That's what sin does.
0: Well, and that's a a sobering warning, right? Like if we should be so quick to hold on to other people's sins, what it can do to us in the end. Thank you so much, brother. A lot of good things in this chapter. Looking forward to having you on again soon. It's always
1: a joy. Thank you. God bless.
0: Thank you, brother. God bless. Everybody, that's Pastor Curtis Dieterding, Zion, Fort Myers, Florida. Till next time, I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. Peace.
1: The official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting by Strong Word.